My name is Andrew Gallegos. And I'm Jen Gallegos. And we are your hosts of the Headed Home Podcast. Over the past few years, we've created episodes discussing growth, strategies for life obstacles, and have interviewed some inspirational people. Moving forward, we're going to shift our focus a bit from us and our story to other top producing professionals in the industry that I work in, which is real estate and mortgages. We want to find out how other people accomplish their goals, overcome difficulties, and achieve growth and success in this crazy world. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Head at Home podcast. I am Andrew. And I'm Jen. And we are your hosts. And we're ready to bring it today. This is actually our fourth episode that we've recorded this month. And it's the last episode that we're going to record before we grace Europe with our presence. <laughs> we're heading out. Yeah, we're we're going on a Disney cruise through the Mediterranean and we're leaving tomorrow. And we're gone for three weeks, which like... Yeah, that's a long time with humans in the same room. So we'll see how that goes. But this guy has not packed a single piece of clothing as of right now. And I'm trying- And I still feel good about it. Like, I think I, it's going to be okay. Okay. I don't know. And, and we have an awesome guest today too. We're going to introduce her in a second. I'm actually really pumped to hear her and pick her brain. But real quick about the packing thing, like my brain and maybe maybe some of our listeners- can relate. My brain just does not accept the fact that I should be putting stuff into a suitcase unless it's the day before I leave. Then if it's the day before, I'm good. I might underpack a little bit, but I really only need like a couple pairs of shorts and a couple t-shirts. I'll be good. (laughs) You only bring Nike shorts, but whatever. Keep everybody posted on how that goes. Okay. Our guest today is a top producing real estate agent in Colorado. She is a mom of two boys, a wife, a real estate coach, a house flipper, a podcaster, a social media influencer, a Colorado native, which I love, and so much more. And to us, she's someone who really stands out from the crowd as being true to herself and doing things her way and having a ton of success while doing it, which I just always appreciate. So Jessica, welcome to our podcast. Thank you guys for having me. That was like a super nice introduction. Well, it's all true. Okay, so real fast before we get into this, when you go on a trip with your family, how does your husband pack? I'm just curious. So it's funny. I'm the organizer in every single aspect of our lives. Like house is super organized. Everything is, when it comes to the trip, he's the organized one and I'm the disaster. I'm Andrew. I will pack (laughs) the day before. Because I always look like, Whatever, I can just buy it there. Like, yes. Suitcase for shopping anyways. So I'm really sorry. Like, I think the world is I'm totally team Andrew on this one. <laughs> yes. I love it. Dang it. I, <laughs> I think good. I have, I think I have like a complex because we took our daughter when she was six months old to Mexico and all of our stuff got lost and we had to wear all of these ridiculous clothes from the gift shop. Remember, remember. that? And it was like, so I mean, I was laughing too. so hard because it was like, you know, the like the gift shops in Mexico like have weird things. And mm-hmm. I, I was hilarious to just like look over and see you wearing so yeah. like, it was just so funny. So I think now I'm just a little OCD about how I pack in hopes that we just have things when we get there. But 
Anyway, through the Mediterranean, like I'm unbelievably jealous. Like that's my dream trip. You guys are going to have to tell me all about it. Maybe not on a Disney cruise for us at this point. But that's a bit like I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. We'll take we'll take good notes. We're yeah, we're really excited. We're both turning well, Andrew just turned 40 and I turned 40 later this year. You turned 40 this year, right? Um, Anything mean to me. I just <laughs> I just feel like we gotta throw it out there and tell everyone what the three of us are dealing with this year. But that's yeah, it'll be what she means. Over the hill. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I I would love to get started and ask you, I think, a question that has really intrigued me about you, because I think a lot of times it's very rare and it's something that like I hold very true to my heart. And when I think about like my family or or leadership or anything like that, I think there is so much power in being who you are and really understanding who you are. And to me, you are just very authentic and transparent and that comes through in in everything that you do. You know, I have recently seen your social media and I could very quickly tell, and even just talking to you a few minutes before we started this podcast, like it's very easy for me to tell when people are being who they are. And I just, I really love that. So where... Where does your authenticity and transparency come from? Was it something that comes naturally to you? Is it something that you had an experience in your life where you realized like, hey, I just want to be who I am? Like, where where does that come from? So I think for me, that's like literally the biggest compliment anybody could ever give me is that you're just authentic and who you are online is who you are in person. Because how many times have we met people and we're like, yikes, like that's yes. not what I was expecting. So I think for me, it's kind of a two-party answer. Like, I think I've always been this way to an extent. I was raised by, you know, two very strong, my grandmother and my mom, New York, Jew, Italian, loudmouth women, right? So I was always raised to use my voice, be who you are, that kind of thing. And then I think the second leg of it was really, you know, I had a baby at 17 and I went from being you know, the straight A student, the cheerleader, the soccer player, little Miss Perfect to a teen mom overnight, right? And imagine, thank you, Jesus, that there was no social media back when that was the thing, right? <laughs> they had a baby at 17, but you can imagine that at 17 and you go from one, you know, almost like personality to yeah. another very quickly yeah. that you just got to grow some thick skin because everybody's got an opinion and everybody has something to say. And it just didn't matter to me. What mattered was my life and my son and my family and the rest of it didn't matter. So a lot of it was natural. And then I think there was this like halfway point that almost put it like on steroids where it was genuinely just like, I don't care. Yeah. I, uh, there's a lot of power in that. I think that when you really understand who you are and you start like making decisions based on like what you want from your life and and how you are as a human. And you kind of like, I don't know, we talk about this on this podcast a lot, but like when you are always wondering what other people are thinking about you and all of that, like you're taking the power away from your life to do the things that you want to do. And there's a real power in not caring about what people think. And it, it, like, I just think of, and I wonder if you kind of thought about this 
you know, being a younger mom, but like, I want my kids to see that in me and I want them to see mom around family, around friends or in her job, like the same mom, right? Like she might have lots of different pieces of her, but like at the core, she's the same human because that's what I want them to do. I mean, my oldest son, listen, it's really great to have independent children until you're parenting them, right? (laughs) My oldest son, it it doesn't even look or act like anybody had anything else to do with him but me. I mean, he looks just like me. That's just like me. And he would tell you that like, my mom is a hot mess, funny as hell, hard ass all the time whether she's with you or with me or with my younger brother or with her siblings or whatever, like this is just who I am. And then Colin, my oldest is exactly that way too. And I absolutely love it because now that he doesn't live here, that's the key. Like I love it now because he doesn't. (laughs) Oh my God, you're such a cool person. And you're also like me. So that's great. (laughs) That's a plus. (laughs) Yeah. My oldest is a badass. Like he you know, lived in a very different world than our youngest son does. And that kid is just the coolest thing ever. And I couldn't be more proud of him if I tried. That's really cool. Well, kids pick up on how their parents act. And I think authenticity, something about authenticity that I don't hear enough of is like, you have to know who you are if you're going to be who you are, you know? And I think that's what, yeah, I mean, that obviously, that that was a situation that kind of changed who you were at 17. But that's cool that you just embrace that and you know you've you've been that person. And you know, from a from a social media standpoint, we've been connected for a while. I love your the stuff that you post. It comes through as authentic. It's funny, it's relevant, it's entertaining. And I think that's probably a big reason why you're successful in real estate. So just to take a little bit of a step back, like talk to us about, you know, your real estate business, like what made you want to be a real estate agent? This is actually like the most ridiculous story of all time. So I have a biology degree and a nuclear medicine degree. So naturally, like the segue is real estate. I mean, like naturally. So I actually worked from home for a company in Seattle and they decided to bring my position back in house and I didn't want to move back to Seattle. We wanted to stay in Denver near family. So my husband is actually the OG realtor of the Lens household. He was a realtor back when they had used like paper maps and show up in person to sign contracts. Like he's just old and antiquated, right? <laughs> so he literally was like, just like, why don't you get your real estate license? And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like no one's actually like a real estate agent. That's going to make sense. So I did the stay-at-home mom thing for six weeks. And then I was like, yeah, like, let's look into that because this is not for me either. Get me out um, of here. <laughs> no way. So I, I got my real estate license in March of 2014. And like I learned my license on a Thursday and I was writing my first contract on Saturday morning. Like I didn't even have my software. I didn't know what I was doing. I by default had to go to Keller Williams because that's like who I knew. I had to use my mentor's contract software to write my first. Like You want to talk about somebody who had no idea what they were doing. It was me. And I was the agent that was like, oh, I'll do like one or two deals a year. And like the one that now I'm like, please Jesus, don't get your license. That was me though, like a thousand percent. So I never had any intention on becoming a real estate agent. Thought it was like the stupidest thing I'd ever heard in my whole life. And now I've run a coaching business around real estate. (laughs) Our whole life is around real estate now. 
That's amazing. And and tell us too, just so that our listeners have an understanding of like production, like how many families, and I know it varies, but how many families do you help about per year with their real estate needs? So on average now at this point, I hover somewhere between like 40 and 50 by myself. I have a TC. So, I mean, it's a good volume, but I don't want to do any more than that. <laughs> so when you got when you got into real estate, and by the way, let me just back up. I I was when I went to college, I started out as an aerospace engineering major. So like, how the hell ended up? science nerds on I leaves? <laughs> so we're like in the same boat, right? Like I don't I I don't know how I wandered into this world, but here I am. But when you got into real estate, did you? It sounds like you weren't really expecting to be as successful as as you are now. You're kind of focused on maybe doing a couple of those. But based on you know how well you've done, like what's what's one of the most important lessons that you've learned in your career so far? I'm sure you'll learn lots more. <laughs> you know, I think for me, the, I never like questioned anything, right? Like if someone was like you have to list to last. I was like, oh, okay. Like I'll be a listing agent. I had no idea that like nobody has a mentor. Like that's crazy to me. I don't know how I would have gotten through like my first few transactions without someone literally holding my hand. I think that one was a massive one for me. And I'm, I think I'm still shocked that people don't have coaches and mentors and and people in their world that they grow from. I mean, I think really that's probably the biggest one. Like, I don't care how big of a success you are. There's somebody next to you that can take you to the next level or help you figure things out. Like I'm in this really weird space right now, right? Where I'm like, I don't want to grow anymore. I don't really want to have a team. I don't really want to work. What does this actually look like? And so like my mentors were figuring out what this looks like. Is it bringing on a partner? Is it, you know, all these different components we're talking about? So always have a mentor and somebody in your life that you can look up to and help you. I think it's a weird space to be in. And it's something I know we've talked about a lot. Like when you get to a place where you have reached kind of like the goals that you set for yourself Mm -hmm. and you're like, I don't actually, I don't want to be in a place where like, this is more than it is. And you have to like kind of reframe like what you're, goals are going to be it's it's like a really interesting space to be there when you're like i really am glad i am where i am but you're not in that place where you're like okay next year i'm going to do like mm-hmm. you know and i think it it opens up a lot of opportunity to kind of like rethink all of the other different pieces of your of your career or your life freedom you know like all of those all of those pieces one thing that i really loved listening, I think, to an interview that you did with someone else is talking about a big priority for you is spending time with your kids. And I think I think what resonated with me is because I left my job in December for a very similar thing where it was like I looked around and my values, which I value time with my family, didn't really line up with the career that I had and I was gone all the time and we had to make a change. And what I, what I love about how you structure your day is really based around that value that you have. 
And I know in the interview that we listened to, we heard that you work really within that window where your son is at school. And certainly most agents don't operate like this. So how, like, how for you, how have you been able to kind of keep that structure? And I get that that it has to be fluid sometimes, but how are you generally able to keep that structure and be so successful? So I think for me, it's just a natural way of life, right? Like again, back to having a baby at 17, you know, I went to college full time. I worked full time. I had this baby that had to be taken care of. My life had to be very structured. And so I think in a lot of ways, like that's why it's easy for me to live such a structured life now. Like that's just the way that it was. And then similarly, having a baby at 17 and having to work full-time and go to school full-time and do all the things that I had to do, you realize very quickly like how fast this all goes by, right? Like one day I looked up and I was 30 with a 13-year-old and all this time in his life had lapsed and I was so busy just trying to survive that I missed out on a lot. And so I made a conscious effort and again, like, I, you don't know what you don't know. Like, I knew nothing about real estate. I didn't know that, like, people plan goals. Like, I, you know, I didn't know mm-hmm. that this was all a thing. And so I just always ran my life the way that I had always run my life in real estate. And so I was very fortunate to kind of have that. The first year that I was, first two years I was in real estate, my youngest was in preschool and kindergarten. And so he only went to school three hours a day. So whatever I could get done in that three hours is what got done. And like, that was it. So I think having a baby at 18, 17 is really what (laughs) ended up helping the most. Just because that's everything that I do now is kind of based off of that idea that like, I know how fast time goes by. I know how quick my kids grow up. I know how fast this is all over. And I know how much shit I can get done in a really short period of time. So why wouldn't we do that? So from an expectation standpoint, my clients all know I have an expectation sheet that they all get and we initial just like you. Mm, I love I it. I was going to ask you about I, that because you run stuff efficiently. So you must be really good at setting expectations. So yeah, tell us about that. So on there, it talks about after seven, titles closed, your inspector's gone, the lender should be off. You know, there's nothing I can do. Like, even if your house is burning to the ground, like, just shoot me a text and let me know, girl. Like, there's nothing <laughs> I can do. Call 911. And obviously, there's there's variables to everything. But for the most part, I think we're so afraid in this business to say, like, I work eight to five. Like, I will never be the agent who jumps at a Zillow lead. Like, ever in my whole entire life have I jumped to go meet a Zillow lead at a property because they contacted me. Never. Like, couldn't care less outside of safety and all those other things. But I think we as agents and honestly, even you guys as lenders, like we are so driven to just like be on call. I don't want to be on call. Like, do you want to be a call? It's the worst thing ever. Like you can't sit at the pool with your kid. You can't plan anything because you just don't know when something's going to roll in. So I set really, really strong expectations up front with my clients. And you have to be cool with having boundaries. And you also have to be cool with some people being like, well, I expect you to jump when I say jump. Cool, then I'm not the agent for you. And that's awesome. And that's part of that authenticity. Like, I'm not going to work with someone who I don't want to work with. Like, there's enough people in this world to help without dealing with dicks. (laughs) And I've never really gotten a whole lot of pushback. Like, I think people really do respect it. And people are like, yeah, you know, I don't work 24-7 for my boss. Like, why should I expect that of you? 
And I wish that more of us took this more seriously because I think it would help change the narrative in our industry. I think it makes us look more professional. I think it makes us look like we're running an actual business rather than some cracker jack bullshit because you got your license a few weeks ago. It just makes us to me look look better as an industry. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. That's my belief. No, I completely agree. And I think it's it comes from, you know, fear of having a hard conversation, you know, setting those expectations and and maybe even just that mindset, you know, that scarcity mindset of, you know, okay, if if I'm not gonna jump at this Zillow lead or if I'm not gonna answer my phone at nine PM, you know, this client's gonna go work with somebody else. But I love what you're saying is great, you know, then there's enough people out there that want to work the way that I want to work that I don't have to worry about the ones that don't. Yeah. And I think when you set expectations, when you're setting expectations with people, if you have to have a feedback conversation with them of like, hey, remember when I said to you that like, I'm not going to answer my, then they're like, oh, right. And we talk about that all Mm -hmm. the time with like Mm -hmm. your job, even with our kids, Mm -hmm. like, the more that you can front load and set expectations, like that gets rid of so many issues because then it's like, hey guys, remember, like I, I talked to you about this. And then it's kind of and then it's kind of on them. So I the sheet. I love that. I love the expectation <laughs> sheet. Right now, my voice mouth has if you're calling me after 7 p.m., your call will be returned the next business day. I mean, every single love communication it. that you get for me has some sort of reminder about the expectation that we set. I mean, I had an agent that I'm currently in the middle of a uh, contract with who told me that based on my business hours, she can't imagine I was successful. So I sent her her production and my production side by side (laughs) and never said another word. I was like, cool. (laughs) Oh man, I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. but But I think it's really fascinating because a lot of people... I th- and I think this happens in any industry, you know, like I was, I oversaw discipline. Discipline is about the most reactive thing that can possibly happen. And I would tell administrators all the time, like you have to stop being reactive. Like if you are not working from a proactive place, you are never going to be like, you're never going to improve on anything. Like you have to not just jump. Nothing's on fire. Like everything is fine. You have to really focus on that and set expectations around your time and and all of those pieces. So what is, do you have like a, maybe like one or two time management hacks or like any sort of productivity thing that you do within, you know, the time that you work that you want to share with people? I mean, I don't, it's hard for me to answer that because for me, it's like such a freaking way of life, right? Like it's hard for me to like, and I think like to the average agent, it makes them really uncomfortable. Like, oh my God, how can you work? It makes like, there's like a visceral reaction every time like yeah, conversation. It's really bizarre to me, but like, for me, it's just being structured. Like, for example, in the summer, like like I'll give you an example of my schedule right now. My son, he's almost 13. That lazy butt doesn't roll out of bed till 11, right? I'm done with work by the time he gets up. And then we go and enjoy our day. Like we're done. So it's just understanding like a lot of the stuff that we do on a daily basis can be front loaded. And if you're really, really cognizant of your time, it can be done. So one of the biggest hacks that I give to my coaching clients, if you're somebody who gets distracted really easily, like you look at your phone all the time, you jump, jump on social media, you can actually Google like uh, it's a chess clock. 
until you go back, you toggle back and forth. Like you hit this side when you're actually being productive. And then the second you stop doing whatever you're doing, you hit stop. So many people think they're really productive in a day. Well, if you do that clock trick, you're going to see very quickly that like mm-hmm. you're not utilizing your time off. I think we get really caught up like, well, I worked a 15 hour day. No, you didn't. You probably worked two and a half, maybe three. Yep. And if you worked really focused in just those two and a half to three hours, you wouldn't have to work 15 hours. Yep. So that's something that I always tell my coaching clients, like let's really hone in on how productive you are actually being in the time that you're actually working. And I think we can really start to nail down how much work we can really get done. When I'm in the zone in the morning, my phone is absolutely on do not disturb. I don't have anything else pulled up except for what I need to work on in that moment. Everything is on a system, right? Like we go under contract with a buyer, there's a system. Here's what it is. It's already built out. We go under contract as a seller. Here's the system. It's already built out. It makes my life. It makes my client's life easier. It makes it so I can go sit at the pool and no one's calling me easier. And I can attest that you do this because you were the listing agent on a transaction I had a couple months ago. And I remember it was, you had like an email template, I think it was to the lender. And I was like, this is amazing. Like you sent it to me and it was great questions. And that was, yeah, I was just like, man, that she knows what she's doing. You could just tell, but I think that's another example right there is instead of us having a phone call or me trying to track you down, you know, you've got a system built for, you know, talking to the lender. Well, so how you do that? To my seller that you responded to the email because most lenders are like, this, this email is very intrusive. And I'm like, cool, then that's the answer that I need right there. You know, in a multiple offer situation, to put your email on top of the contract and say, here's what the lender had to say about their financing. Like, it also makes you, like, there's a reason I do it. It's, it's not just protection for the seller, right? It's to see who we're working with too and to make sure that, like, we're all going to be on the same page. Like if you immediately respond and say, I'm not answering these questions. Like I already think that you're kind of a douche, right? Yeah. It tells <laughs> you what you need to know. Yeah. Well, Andrew's love, Andrew's love language is email templates. I'm pretty sure that when he emails me stuff, he's using one. No, not babe, with you. No. A hundred, like, <laughs> hey, you, babe. Yeah. The, literally, he'll be like, I have an email template for this somewhere. Oh I just got to like. Well, it's true though. It, it's it, If you write an email more than once, like you should have a template for it. It just saves time. Exactly. And then the other thing I do is like, I review myself going over all the contracts on video. So that way, and it's it's a generalized email, right? Or a video. Mm. You have your people who are readers and you have your people who are watchers or listeners. So I hit it both ways. They both get a link to everything. Here's the email. Here's the copy of your contract. And then here's the video of me going through the contract. I can tell you guys that while we're in process of a contract, my clients hardly ever reach out to me with questions. Because they've got it all the different ways that their brain works. They have a calendar of events. They have a Google calendar set up. Like everything is set up to make it so all they have to do is read or listen. And it's so much easier on everybody. And they can go back and rewatch. So if they have questions, they can... Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. What is... This is totally unrelated, but just something that I'm really interested in. What is like one thing in your life that you're most proud of? like your proudest accomplishment. It could be with work. It could be personal. It's probably personal, but what is it? I mean, as far as like personal side of things goes, I mean, I think, you know, I have what I like to consider a really successful marriage, which I think, especially in our industry, can be really difficult. My husband and I have a really great relationship. We have fun together and we've managed to raise two really freaking cool kids. I mean, I think 
being in the phase of parenting that you guys are in, it's difficult, right? And it's sometimes hard to see, like, there's no finish line with parenting, but there does come a day where you're like, gosh, my kid's like really cool and we can sit and have a beer together. And I'm like a friend now. I'm not as much as mom anymore. And that's the base of parenting that I'm in with our oldest. And I feel like him and I grew up together. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. to like be able to like sit and like be together now and just be like, like, okay, I'm going to probably cry telling you guys this. Sorry, him and I were texting the other night. And he was talking about something going on at work. And I was like, I'm really proud of the way you handled that. And he's like, yeah, I'm really proud of where I'm at in life. Like I've got this really great job and I've got a girlfriend and I've got this really great apartment. And I said, yeah, I'm proud of you too, buddy. And this kid texts me back and he says, mom, I just want you to know I'm really proud of you too. Uh Like that doesn't tell you like what a great, like how could that not be your greatest accomplishment is your 21 year old baby who literally grew up with you telling his mommy, (laughs) I'm proud of you. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Uh, Nothing else matters at that point, right? It doesn't. It really doesn't, which is why I think it's so important that you've like based your schedule around what you value, which is spending time with your kids and like... The little one leaves. Jenna has to adopt a child now. (laughs) Listen, I will send mine over. Yeah, you got two right here. Spend plenty of time. You can have some fun with my seven-year-old daughter who thinks she's 16 now. She want, you'll appreciate this because I Andrew and I joke because you were way more feisty than I was in high school. We knew each other in high school. But I my daughter, I see what's coming and I'm like, oh You see me. Yeah. I'm oh, like, oh no. God. Like okay. I felt that way about Colin and he turned out pretty good. I'm okay. Andrew, I think you're okay. <laughs> well, we learned our le- maybe we learned our lessons, right? So we're passing down everything that we learned. We we took the hit so that they don't have to. Oh sorry, we're sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. One hundred. That's awesome. What is the biggest challenge that you're facing in your business right now and how are you tackling it? You know, I think for me, it's just like figuring out like, what do I want to do? And like, where where do we want to go from here? You know, I, I really have no interest in building a team. The idea of managing, which in real estate, I think is always the next natural step. Like everyone's always like, you do that much volume by yourself. Yeah, I do. I don't want to answer to anybody. And to me, building a team means I have to answer to someone. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to take on more business. You know, like there's, I just, I think that's the challenge is like, what do I want next? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think one thing like we've talked about and I just feel like this will resonate with you, but like kind of like where we're at and a, a place in our lives where like we're enjoying like what we're doing right now and really like a goal of just having freedom, like you said, like freedom to go take my kids to the pool in the middle of the day, like freedom to choose to take this business or not take this business or freedom to like go on a vacation for three days and like be okay with it and not have to check in with someone and see if you can like take time or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think for us, freedom, it's changed over the years, like your goals, right? And so like freedom for us has been more of like a longer term goal, you know? Yeah, I think for us, we're at a point where it's like the money leads to freedom, but what can we be doing with the money to get more freedom? So that, mm-hmm. you know, we're not, I like, I don't, I love my clients and they love what I do. And I don't ever want anyone to mistake what I'm saying for that. But, 
you know, the reality of it is in five years, our oldest will be graduated or our youngest will be graduated from high school. And like, we've never been at a point in our lives without children around. And so like, that's really exciting for me to think about, like, what does our life look like on the other side of parenthood? Cause I've never not been a parent my entire adulthood. And so like, what does that look like? And how, how do we put all of these components together so that we can still live a really cool life, but maybe a little simpler? Like my entire adult life has been pretty busy and complicated and I just want to simplify. Mm -hmm. What is one piece of advice that you would give a brand new agent in this market? And I know you mentor some. So yeah, and just walking in today, they were like, hey, I just got my license today. <laughs> just give me one, just give me one pearl, Jessica. Go back to work. No, I'm getting yeah. um, <laughs> get, <good. laughs> get a mentor. I mean, I think that's really yeah. the only advice that anyone needs at the very beginning. Just get a mentor and everything else will fall in place. If you could go back to when you started, would there any would there be anything that you did different or something that pops to mind? I'm sure there's a lot of things, but anything that that sticks out. I'm going to sound like such an egotistical piece of shit right now. (laughs) Carry on. No, no. I think I have built my business in a way that like, I'm really proud of it. I really like the way my business is run. I built it without even knowing I was building it that way. And so I'm really grateful that I was kind of like, you know, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) I'm just going to go do what I want to do. And that's just the way it's going to be. So no, I don't think there is anything I would change. Well, it sounds like you have the mentality of like, whatever happened to me, I learned something from it. I took something from it and I grew, which yeah, no regrets, right? Everything that happened to you, you took something from it. What do you do now? Like, are you into to like grow or expand your mindset, you know, personal development? Are you a reader? You listen to podcasts? Like, what do you do there? I'm a huge reader. I read probably about a book a week and I can't do audible. So I am an actual reader. I do love podcasts. I actually really only listen to podcasts though of people like I know because <laughs> I really love like listening to how smart my friends are. I attend masterminds. I think coming out of COVID, this is something for me that's really exciting, like getting back into being around my friends in this industry. Like I'm so fortunate to have some of the coolest friends in the world across the country in this business. And so, you know, I'm going to a mastermind in San Diego. I just had one in June. I'm really excited to get back into the habit of those types of things. That's awesome. If this is a kind of an off the wall question, but if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write that book about? I mean, at this point, I mean, something fast, like time management. (laughs) (laughs) Because again... How to set expectations. Yes, exactly. I I think that's huge. I love it. Or go ahead. Did you have one? I was going to ask just a little bit about the Colorado market. I don't want to get too into it because I know it's depending on who you talk to, you know, opinions are different. But what do you see house prices doing over the next six months? You know, interest rates have shot up the first six. Okay. I think they're flatlining. I mean, we do 100% of our appreciation in Denver, you know, the front half of the year. We do this every single year, regardless of what the market's doing, regardless of what interest rates are doing. We flatline every single year, the second half of the year. I think what's going on is normal. I think agents need to put pricing so high and I think everybody needs to rate. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> you know, the real estate agent is constantly changing or the real estate industry is constantly changing. 2022, the first part of the year was interesting. What is something that you learned or something that you had to do different here in 2022 
to put your clients in the best possible position to be successful? Really and truly, I referred a ton of stuff out this year, especially like on the buy side, because the way that this year was, it was a disservice to people to take on too many buyers. It, it wasn't fair. This year specifically, I've always been, the joke is always that I'll go north of Hampton. This year, it was like I barely go north of C470 because it wasn't fair to the client. And so for me, it was just, it was just a different direction of putting them first. Love that. Money off of it, you know? Are there any up and coming areas that you would recommend to buyers? Don't go north of C470. There we go. Get some land out there. Colorado. You're you're a Colorado native. Yep. What are three favorite restaurants or locations that you would say that are your favorite here in Colorado? Oh, goodness. There's this like hole in the wall Mexican restaurant down in Sedil, excuse me, Larkspur. It's like the best Mexican food of all time. Write it down. What is it? I'm writing writing Larkspur. There's two restaurants in Larkspur. It's the Mexican Mexican one. Um, And then we always really love Gabriel's in Sedalia because again, like small town vibe, but like it's this super fancy Italian restaurant. Like it's just such a weird dichotomy that we love it. Check it out. It's just totally random. Right next to the railroad tracks is the super fancy Italian restaurant. Whatever. It's 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 awesome. And then guys, I have like the most white trash palette of all time. I <laughs> this is our style no, right here. You're literally we like we like joke that we only frequent like hole in the wall sort of we did Valentine's Day at Fiddlestick. Yeah he is... we yeah we did we did Valentine's Day at a like a kind of it's a nice bar. bar. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a dive bar. It's a nice dive bar though. It's a nice dive bar. I mean like I think our version of like you know upscale eating is like smoking fence in downtown Huddleton. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then yes. the other Italian restaurant down off of Santa Fe, which is like my absolute. And the worst thing is I can never remember the name. I always want to say it's Virgilio's, but it's absolutely not. Huh. It's got a carboy winery in there. It's amazing. Huh. Oh, if you think of it, let us know because we going to bug me. We go downtown Littleton a lot and that would be good. Right now. Okay. Yeah. Find it. Angelo's. Ah, okay. Have we been there? I don't think so. No. You guys, yeah, I check it out. It's so good and it's beautiful. Perfect. Do I have to wear something other than jeans or? Okay, I'm in. All right. What's what's one question we're kind of going to close up here? What's one question that you wish we would have asked? I mean, you just ask me whatever you want. I'll tell you. Okay. I do have one that we always okay. get a surprise question. For yes. People. Do the surprise question. When you are required to answer best rap song of all time. Oh, I don't even know if I can answer that. Like, what kind of mood am I in? What's the weather like? Is my sunroof open? Is today. my drink today? Like, <laughs> today. Uh, I'm all going to turn on a rap song. Right this second. Either Ice Cube, today was a good day. Or anything biggie. Like I'm absolutely, my friend Kristen Gap would hate me for saying this because she's Tupac. I'm biggie. It is what it nice. is. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. Well, where can listeners find you online? So you can always friend me on Facebook. Just my name, Jessica Lentz. Instagram, Jessica Lentz Sells Houses. And if you are a female real estate agent, I run a huge coaching company for female realtors. So you can always hit me up and get more information about that. 
Awesome. Well, thank you. It was such a joy to be able to get to know you a little bit better and laugh, which I always appreciate doing. And just really, really grateful for the opportunity to talk to you and and learn about your story. So for all of you listeners, if you could share this, like, and subscribe, we would love you forever. And connect with Jessica. If you're not, she, I'm, I'm not lying when I'm saying that like, she's hilarious yeah. on social media. Relevant. It'll keep you interested. Great. Check it out. All right, everyone. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure.